You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Kilfer. And I have a burning mouth hole. <laughs> yes, you do. We are closing out our month of Anthologies Round 2 with episode 200. We made it. <laughs> it's actually 240. Um, we are doing episode 200. It's Tales of Halloween from 2015. It's an hour and 37 minutes. And it has a whole lot of directors, so I'm just going to quickly run through them here. Uh, we have The Night Billy Raised Hell was directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman, who we would know from Repo the Genetic Opera, uh, the remake of Mother's Day from 2010, and Spiral. Then we have Grim Grinning Ghost, directed by Axel Carolyn. Uh, she, did the, she was in The Haunting of Bly Manor, Creepshow, American Horror Story, and The Mayfair Witches. Then we have Trick, uh, directed by Adam Girash. Did Autopsy, uh, Night of the Demons 2009, so one of our very first episodes, mm. um, and House <laughs> by the Lake. Then we have This Means War, directed by Andrew Kosh. He did Never Sleep Again, The Elm Street Legacy, Monsterland, and some episodes from Legends of Tomorrow. Then we have Bad Seed, directed by Neil Marshall, who we've already seen uh, one of his films, well actually two of his films, we saw The Descent and the, uh, was it 2017 Hellboy or 2016, when did that come out? Uh, I think 2017. Yeah, the the, the second, the re- remake of Hellboy. Um, but he also did a couple episodes of Hannibal, uh, Doomsday, and Dog Soldiers, which is one of those werewolf movies I've been wanting to get on here forever. Then we have Ding Dong, directed by Lucky McGee, who we recently watched May from them. Uh, also, All Cheerleaders Die, The Woods, and Masters of Horror, Sick Girl. Then we have Friday the 31st, directed by Mike Mendez. I did Big Ass Spider, Satanic Hispanics, and The Grave Dancers, which, I don't know if you guys have seen The Grave Dancers, it's got a bunch of creepy moments and then the most ridiculous ending you can imagine. It ends like a video game. It's, hmm. it's silly. But then we have uh, Sweet Tooth, directed by Dave Parker, who did Craw the Sea Monster, The Dead Hate the Living, The Hills Run Red, and Puppet Master Dr. Death. We have The Ransom of Rusty Rex, directed by Ryan Schifrin. Who did Abominable, Abominable and Evil Hill. Uh, then we have This Means... Oh, wait. I already said This Means War. There's two directors for This Means War. I didn't even notice that. But John Skip also, I guess, direct, co-directed This Means War. Uh, he did Monsterland, and he was the writer of Class of 1999, which we just covered. And then last but not least, we have The Week in the Wicked, directed by Paul Solette, who did Means to an End, Grace, and Dark Summer. So, before we get into the cast, which is going to be a little different this time around because the cast is so fucking huge, uh, let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks. Susie, I know prior to us covering this, you had said you didn't think you saw this, so what do you think about this? Adrian Barbobot. <laughs> I have I, seen this before. The second, the moment that I heard her voice and mm-hmm. saw the little clip of her, I knew I've seen this before. And I, this movie is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It, it's very much like a lot of people it isn't it moves at a good clip 
the segments aren't too long because you think, oh my God, 10 segments in a movie. Right. It's going to suck really bad. Now, there's a couple I'm not a huge fan of, but it okay. does, I don't hate them. Um, there's one that I really didn't care for, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, would you like one of my chocolates? About Ding Dong? <laughs> yeah, Ding Dong. I was... I. I didn't understand it. Maybe I'm yeah. not art fuck enough. But uh, that was the only one I didn't like. Yeah. Okay. So we're in agreement because I said yep. I was going to save it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was really fun. <laughs> Barry Bostwick is in this, and yes. he is fucking great. This <laughs> Mr. Abaddon. Yes. I love it. Yes, I I love 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 that. I think that might be that might be my favorite segment yeah. in the whole movie. That's a solid one. I think that. This could have been a mini series too. Oh yeah, I think that that they had the potential, but I'm glad it's a movie because it just it gives you what you want and then it goes away. Well, none of these uh, segments would feel out of place in the uh, Shutter Creepshow series, right? They all fit right, right in. So yeah, um, the Ransom of Rusty Rex, I love that one. But we're <laughs> so gonna get in. We have ten to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I like this movie overall. It's fun. They're ridiculous, but they're very and they're very entertaining. Totally agree. Maurice, Maurice, we'll toss it to you. What do you think of the soundtrack? (laughs) Soundtrack's not bad. No, it's actually not. It's a little more metal than anything, but it's good. Uh, The movie's good, too. I I usually watch this every year. Yeah, me too. Um, I think it came out, what, 2015? Yeah. Yeah, I've watched it a few times around this time of year. Um, Yeah, I would have to agree that's probably my least favorite segment. Old Ding Dong. But my favorite's probably Friday the 31st. That's ah, mine, too. I it's, love that one. It's really, really good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I would say 9 out of 10 are pretty solid. Um, overall, I you know, it's it's pretty good. Uh, it's not really that many big-name actors in it, but... Oh, I beg to differ, but we'll get There's into that. There's a lot of cameos. Um, yeah, cameos. that's the thing. Yeah. 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 Barbara like, Crampton. You know, Felissa Rose plays a parent. Yeah. Um, Greg, I know Greg Gunberg's in it. Um but yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some decent names on there. I wouldn't say huge. I mean, maybe in this, you know, in the world of in, horror, in the world of horror, yes. Yeah, uh, you know, Adrian Barbo and Lynn Shea. Rose, Lynn Shay. Well, that one uh, episode, Grim Grinning Ghost. We got Lynn Shay, Stuart Gordon, Barbara Crampton, yeah. Mick Lisa Garris. Marie. Yeah, Lisa Marie. <laughs> like we got it. We uh, that one is like wow. There's a whole bunch of good ones here. They're they're good, but they're not going to like they're not going to win any awards, right? Any right. Yeah, kind of movies, but. Yeah, so I would say the acting's good for what it is. Uh, the segments are nice and short because mm-hmm. um, even that, you know, I was like, wow, ten stories, an hour and thirty-eight <laughs> minutes. Okay, so I figured, you know, ten minutes or so, an episode or a segment. But I like how it all wraps up. You know, mm-hmm. it's a very enjoyable movie. Quick. It's like I said, it's one of my go-to Halloween month movies. As far as Halloween anthologies, I, I pretty much, since 2015, I've been watching this, but I've been watching Trick or Treat and this for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, there are a few others that I always put on around this time of year, but I shouldn't say always, but, you know, I cycle through. Uh, but this one and Trick or Treat, I always watch. I'm going to yeah. add this to my Halloween watch list because this is only the second time I've seen it, hence why right. I thought I'd never seen it before. And I, I forgot how much I enjoyed it. Oh, it's just, it's fun from, from start to finish. But like the cast, now I know normally we go through and we, 
talk all about like what they've been in and stuff. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to randomly name a handful of people per uh, per segment. We're not even going to go into what we would know them for. I might mention one or one or two things. But right off the bat, we have uh, the Adrian Barbobot. She's our our wraparound uh, DJ narrator. And then we have in Sweet Tooth, we have Caroline Williams, who we would remember from Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, and Robert Rustler, who we remember from Nightmare on Elm Street too. Oh my God, they're both so gross in this. Segment. Their fucking mouths are spackled with like poo. It's gross. I never understood like the food and sex thing. Oh, me neither. Never got it. Uh, but then in the night, Billy raised hell. As you mentioned, Susie, we have Barry Bostwick. Uh, obviously, we know from Rocky Horror, but a bunch of other stuff. Um, and Adrian Curry makes an appearance for no reason. Um, yeah, because this was after like that VH1 show where like, she ended up marrying the Brady. It was many years after. <laughs> like, like, was she decade. trying to reignite her career? I think at this point she was just modeling. Um, but then she's in, a bitch. In Trick, which I think is the most disturbing episode, uh, we have Tif- Tiffany Sheppis, who's in a ton of horror films, mm. but mm. I always think of her from Victor Crowley because her death scene in that is just <laughs> fucking brutal. Yes. And then uh, in Death House as well. Um, then we have Grim Grinning Ghost, like I mentioned, Lynn Shea, Barbara Crampton, Mick Garris, Stuart Gordon, and Alexandra Esso. Um, very, very good cast in that one. Uh, then Ding Dong, we have Pollyanna McIntosh, who we would know from The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and of course, Felissa Rose, as you mentioned, Maurice. Oh my god! You didn't now recognize her? I, no, I did not. <laughs> yeah, she was one of the, the, the uh, trash people. <laughs> she was the, the head trash people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she was the, the great trash heap. The trash heap. The trash heap has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> And then in the uh, Week in Wicked, we have Noah Segan, who uh, we just saw earlier this month in Scare Package. He was the guy in the werewolf episode who was mm-hmm. killing the werewolves. Yeah. Um, he's also in Knives Out. Um, then in This Means War, we have Dana Gould, who guy has done so many voices, but we would also know him acting-wise from Southbound and Creepshow, um, the TV show, not the movie. And then James Duvall, who we saw in May when he wanted to rub his nipples. And he was and kind of the same character. He really was. And also, of course, Donnie Darko. Yeah. Um, and then Friday... Oh, in the, the Doom Generation. Oh, I don't speak of that movie. Um, I will, though. <laughs> Friday the 31st, we have uh, Nick Princeby. He was in uh, he was in the late Duress movies. He played Chrome Skull. He's the guy who plays um, the Jason-like killer in, that one, in this one. Uh, then the Ransom of Rusty Rex, we have Ben Wolf, who we would know from American Horror Story. Unfortunately, he has since passed away. And then Sam Witwer, who we saw in The Mist. Uh, then Bad Seed, we have Christina Klieb, who was in the remake of Halloween, the Rob Zombie one. Uh, she's the one that gets, like, choked out while she's butt-ass naked. Um, you know, she was the one screwing around with what's-his-nuts, the... Wow. the yeah, the guy She who, was Linda. Yes. Yeah. I can never remember the names. And then, of course, we have Adam Green, director of the Hatchet franchise. But like I said, there are so many people in this freaking movie. You forgot about the great Serena Vincent. Serena Vincent. And John Landis. Oh, yeah, I didn't mention John Landis either. Serena Vincent from, uh, what do you call it? I have no The skin movie. And Joe Dante. uh, Not Cabin in the Woods. um, Cabin Fever? Cabin Fever. Oh, oh, that's where I saw her before. Okay, it was fucking me. I, like I said, there are so many cast members in this. Like, it's three pages on IMDb. Like, if you transfer oh, yeah. the yeah. IMDb list to, like, a Word document, it's three solid pages of just names. 
So I was like, I'm not going through this. Otherwise, we're going to take an hour just on the cast. So just name. But yeah, John Landis, he, I forgot he plays Jebediah Rex. Jebediah. Uh, <laughs> but um, so we open right off the bat with Adrian Barbobot as a radio DJ telling everyone to watch out for all the spoopy shit happening on Halloween. We're then treated to a montage opening setup like a pop-up book showing all the different stories. I, I really, really like that. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. And again, the way they use Adrienne Barbeau, we only see her twice. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's just like in, in the corner of the screen as other stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a very easy wraparound segment. So we open up with segment one, Sweet Tooth. We meet Mikey, a trick-or-treater, stuffing his face with sweets while watching Night of the Living Dead. I love how everyone's he, watching Night of the Living Dead. It's yeah. running through the entire night. They're yeah. coming to get you, Barbara. That was I, in the second one, right? What's up? The I'm coming to get you, Barbara. That was in the second segment, I think. I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think they said that, yeah. But uh, I love how he picks up the apple and he's like, fuck that apple. <laughs> Just yeah. throws it over. Because again, what kid's going to take that, you know? Oh. I mean, now as an adult, I'll eat them, but as a kid, you, know, <laughs> you throw an apple in my bag, I'm going to go, there's razor blades in it. Give me the Reese's. Um,. But yeah, his babysitter and her boyfriend try to scare him by telling him the story of Sweet Tooth. Which is disgusting food sex play. Yeah. I mean, well, that's how it begins. Yeah. Nothing like the wonderful comic book and series on Netflix, Sweet Tooth. You know, I still need to watch that. I haven't watched I, that. I haven't watched season two yet, but season one was really I was good. Say, I read some of the comic and I liked what I read, but I, I keep forgetting there's a Netflix show. I, I forgot that there was... Of season two until I saw I was like Sweet Tooth. Oh crap! I forgot to watch season two. And it came out once. You recommend the show? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll have to check it out because I do want to finish reading the the, the comics. Too. I only read like the first couple issues. Um, but yeah, this, the story of Sweet Tooth goes that fifty years ago, a little boy named Timothy Blake lived on that very same street. He loved Halloween, loved to dress up, loved going trick or treating. But Timmy's parents wouldn't let him have any of the candy because it would make him fat and lazy, like me. <laughs> <laughs> Like most people watching horror films, let's be honest. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, not Tara and Mike. That's true. They're very spry. <laughs> they're, because... they're young yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been spry. I know. I'm like, I wasn't or small. spry even in my 20s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, his... I've always been thick. Same. <laughs> so his parents send him to bed and they ate all the candy. Timmy came down to investigate what they were doing and discovered that they ate it all. So he did the only rational thing to do. He goes he, Michael Myers and, yeah. while they're sleeping. He kills they his kill parents. They kill on his mom, though. He's just like, hi-ya! <laughs> like from Friday the 13th. <laughs> hi-ya! I was thinking more of the Fred Flintstone thing where him and Barney learned the uh, Hassan chop. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, or no, judo chop. They're like, judo, a chop, chop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were chop guys. Um, the Hassan chop is Bugs Bunny. But, uh, yeah, so... He kills his parents, eats all the candy, decides he wants more, cuts their bellies open, and eats the contents of their stomach. Because, you know, that's rational. It is. And so, but after that, you know, every year he comes back going to trick-or-treat. And if you don't share your candy with him, he'll take all your candy, including what you already ate. Oh, it, sounds like is... a, it sounds like another story that's out this time of year. What's that? If you don't give him candy, he'll kill you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh... One of the first uh, Halloween movies we covered, Trick or Treat. Yeah. Good old Sam. So wait, Sweet Tooth and Sam are the same person. I think they're just buddies. They they, they, they work at the same place. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're co-workers. They work in opposite sides of the, the world. Yeah. So they don't <laughs> conflict with each other. But 
one thing I got to comment on the parents here. When we see them, there's just chocolate caked around their face as they're sleeping. And it looks spackled on. It's disgusting. And they're like licking like their tongues with chocolate. No, the food and sex thing is just fucking nasty to me. No, that's how you get an infection. (laughs) Down there. (laughs) Don't throw off the pH now. (laughs) I have never... I've. to each their own. <laughs> I've just never understood. It's never been something to, I wanted to each their own. Mama, go ahead and say it. that's fucking nasty. Because <laughs> how do you know it's chocolate? Oh no! Come on, you knew someone. One of us was going to go there. Might as well be me <laughs> with my burning mouth hole. <laughs> that, that sounds like something that happens during food sex. <laughs> oh Lord, so you never go ass to mouth. Oh no. Or in this case, mouth to ass. You don't want to have a burning deuce on top of it. Oh, Lord. So, they, uh, you know, the babysitter puts Mikey to bed, and she and her boyfriend decide to eat all of Mikey's candy. Oh, my God. That part, too? hmm I don't know. Lady and the Tramp, that's cute, because they're dogs and they're a cartoon. Right. But when she, like, takes a big bite of that candy bar, he's like, um... Yeah, and they're making out. It's like, ah, come on. Ew, no. No, that's my chocolate. <laughs> I cannot have. That's mine. Break, break yourself another piece of that for yourself. Break yourself before you break yourself. Kid. <laughs> I want my chocolate. <laughs> so, of course, uh, you know... Mikey's freaked out by the Sweet Tooth story, so he leaves a Carpenter candy bar out for Sweet Tooth. I had had to laugh at that, that it said Carpenter mm-hmm. on it. But later uh, later that night, Sweet Tooth comes to trick-or-treat. He can't find any candy downstairs, so he murders the babysitter and her boyfriend and eats their belly candies. So when he kills the boyfriend and pulls like his intestines, intestines out backwards... Mm-hmm. When the shot we see of him, like before the girlfriend comes out, when she's brushing her teeth, I'm going to go get some Pepto before we puke. You ate one fucking candy bar. Well, they ate his whole candy bar. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I really like the way Sweet Tooth looks. Like, I think that's it's a cool monster design. It is. But it is. I this, like the nails. Yeah. The scene where he gets the babysitter is fucking creepy. Because, like, she finds her boyfriend dead as freaking out and then she hears Mikey and she turns to run and you just see like it's an empty room and suddenly Sweet Tooth just runs right after out mm-hmm. of frame. And I was like, oh shit. Like that made me jump the first time I watched it. Um, it made me jump well, I haven't seen it in years. So it, right. it made me jump. <laughs> so Sweet Tooth of course kills the uh the babysitter as well. And then we see Mikey's door open and we see the bloody hand of Sweet Tooth grab the candy bar and drag it away. And then the parent, the drunk the parents, drunk parents come, home. come home, and of course, what is Dad supposed to be a plumber? Oh, I don't know. They're dr- The mom no, is like a. Just, he played in that movie, Big, Big Ass Spider, and that's yeah. the uh, that's the outfit he wore in that. Oh. And they were actually a, became a couple in that movie. Yeah, so that's where the story it's the continuation. Yeah, yeah. but and I can't she's remember what like, he dressed you up as. You can tuck me in. Mm-hmm. And they're doing like, she'll wake the kid. <laughs> no, he's like, the babysitter, the babysitter. He's like, I'm not driving her home. Like, they're complaining about that. And then they turn and they find uh, the two, the dead babysitter and her boyfriend with Mikey standing there. And he just goes, they ate all my candy. And then cut. I like how much like, how, like trick or treat, mm-hmm. everything is kind of interconnected. Oh yeah, all of the, because everything's happening in this one town on that one night. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of a Christmas horror story. Yes. Because we the, have the DJ, DJ mm-hmm. and, yeah. Yeah, I felt the same way. 
But the the next episode is The Night Billy Raised Hell. I fucking love this one. <laughs> this, this and, I think, uh, Friday the 31st are my favorites. I, I really enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. But we open with Billy, his sister Brittany, and her boyfriend Todd walking home from school. I... Todd is... Todd is such a dick. Yes, he is. He's making fun of the little kid. Like, why are you wearing a costume? You're an idiot. Just, like, he's such a jerk. It's like, it's Halloween. Of course he's a kid. We're going to tell everybody you peed your pants. I didn't pee my pants. Oh, pee-pee pants. Pee-pee pants. Because, <laughs> well, that's the thing. They, they, they basically tell him he's too old to go trick-or-treating. He needs to start doing the tricks. He's like, get the candy as well, but do the tricks. And he doesn't want to do it. They're like... You gotta egg your neighbor's house, which is Mr. Abaddon, um, who doesn't like to celebrate Halloween, apparently. And uh, so they give give this kid an egg, Billy. They give Billy an egg, and he goes up there to slam it on the porch. And Mr. Abaddon opens the door and grabs the egg out of his hand before he can smash it. And then hucks it at Todd and knocks him over, which cracked me the fuck up. I love up. that. How, and pathetic, then he, how pathetic is Todd if he got knocked over by an egg? <laughs> I think Mr. Abaddon throws really hard. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, demon and whatnot. Yeah, sure. that was definitely his own face. <laughs> and then he grabs little... I keep wanting to call him Kenny. <laughs> little grabs Billy. Billy and brings his I will show you how to do the best prank. Well, because he, he, he's, uh, he's, he's like, oh, every year, you little kids, or you little bastards, or whatever he called them, you know, egg my house and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hey, it was it was a prank. They told me it was Halloween tradition. It was a prank. And he goes, oh, I'll show you Halloween pranks. And then we cut to the two of them leaving the house. What we think is the two of them leaving the house. Because Billy's wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. He's got the little devil costume on. And there's one thing that I got to mention here, because I'll forget to mention otherwise, is there's a running gag about Billy's hot mom. Like yes. Todd talks about Billy's hot mom dressing up like a cat. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mr. Abbott's like, Oh, Billy, is your mother dressing up again this year? And he's like, oh. <laughs> and then he, like, licks his lips later talking about her. No. <laughs> yeah, he's like. She does like the eating her up. Yeah, yeah, but he was licking his lip, too. Yeah. So. But, uh, so they, they head out to paint the town red, so to speak. And um, <laughs> first, Billy stabs a dentist who's giving up toothbrushes instead of uh, candy. I love it when he hands him a toothbrush. He's like. Gotta watch for those cavities. You just hear Mr. Habitat and go, what an asshole. Yep. Like in the background. He, uh, like, he trips a bunch of kids and then robs them at gunpoint. <laughs> he uh, shoots a bunch of people. Well, he, he kills a store clerk and steals stuff from the store. Then they carjack Adrian Curry and steal her With car. Billy driving. Yep. He and runs. they're listening to, like, and, oh my god, and I love it because he's... Mr. Abaddon's in the back, like, drinking a Big Gulp mm-hmm. and eating, like, a cheeseburger. <laughs> right. And then, then, like, they're running down pedestrians. And then they're, they're spray-painting graffiti on, on a garage that says... Billy, Billy owns the night. Yeah, but they said his last name there. It was, like, Billy so-and-so owns, owns the night. night. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's the flaming bag of poo bear trap, which cracked me the fuck up. Because it's they put a bear trap on this guy's porch... Put a bag of shit on the center of it, lit it on fire, and he comes to stomp it out. Not only does he get the flaming poo foot, but he also gets trapped in a bear trap. <laughs> Which is just fantastic. But Mr. Abaddon and what we think is Billy comes home, and we see Billy is actually tied up in the house. So the, the little kid that was with Mr. Abaddon all along was a demon named Mordecai. Yep. And so they, they untie Billy, they put him back in his costume... And Mr. Abaddon's like, now run along, little Billy. He's like, there's a bunch of people waiting to meet you. And oh, by the way, your mom is going to have a lot of free time. 
I'll keep her busy. And then he just starts doing the, the tongue flick. Yep. They set Billy free, goes outside, and to find the Sirens. cops. The cops and half the town waiting for him. And he pisses his pants as everyone laughs. And I'm pretty sure they shot him to death. Hey, there's a gunshot. Yeah. Laugh. Yeah. It goes to black and you hear the gunshots. I was like, well, damn. Yeah, that I think this one, is, that one is my favorite one. It's very funny. Um, then segment three is Trick. This is the one I find the most disturbing. Uh, so we see a group of friends. It's Nelson, Caitlin, Maria, and James. They're at a little Halloween gathering watching Night of the Living Dead while drinking and getting high while giving out candy to the trick-or-treaters. Dude, <laughs> it's your turn to answer the door. <laughs> Well, it's like a, a little witch comes to the door, and Nelson goes to answer, and he asks her, trick or treat, and she just stands there staring at him. And they're like, you're drunk. She's supposed to say that. She reminds me of the girl from Trick or Treat. Same. The outcast. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that was probably an intentional yeah. nod, yeah. Because um, there's a few little nods here to other mm-hmm. anthology movies. Um, but... You know, he asks her again, and she just, she stabs him in the gut with a butcher's knife and it's says just trick. trick. and then runs away. <laughs> yeah. But, like, his, in, no, 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 never mind. I'm thinking of something else. But he, like, comes in the house, he's like, oh, oh. Well, no, he doesn't, he, he just holds, he's holding his guts in, and they're looking, they start freaking out. Yeah. Because he's just, like, standing there silently holding his guts with wide eyes. So, why wouldn't they call 911? Why did, I. Yeah, yes, they, they tell yes. us why, because they show us. They, they do, show they us, show yeah. us why. But. Getting the car, like, wouldn't wouldn't you think that would raise a lot of questions at the hospital? I think at that moment they're panicking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I, I think, because even remember, the one girl goes to dial 911 and then stops herself. So I think they're just, they're all out panicking at this point. So here's my other question. So I've, I have had someone have a medical emergency, not obviously no one stabbed in the gut <laughs> no at stabbies. my house. But I did have to call 911 because someone had a seizure at my house. Okay. They just come in and they don't like they didn't look around my house because I was kind of freaking out about mm-hmm. that. They they come in, they get the person and they leave. So what right. did they have out in plain sight? Well, well, I mean, aside from the drugs, which at the time were illegal. Oh, but that's true. Here's here's my thought process is if you're doing something highly illegal that could get you the death penalty in most states. Yeah. Would you be risk. thinking enough to call, to be like, oh, they're not going to search the property. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I think I, okay. I think it makes perfect sense, honestly. Okay. Um, I just overthink things, apparently. <laughs> but the group panics as Nelson falls to the floor, bleeding from the gut. Maria grabs her keys and is like, I'm going to go get the car. And she runs out back. And I love this because they do the old Achilles. Right. And that's uh, Tiffany Sheppas who runs out there. Yeah. She gets her Achilles tendon slash from under the car. Falls down screaming and a bunch of kids surround her with sharp objects and stab the fuck out of her. <laughs> so I like the way this was shot because the kids come in and they pan out. Yes. As they start stabbing her. Yeah. How the fuck does she make it to the pool with no blood? Oh, no, she's bloody. What You didn't see that? Is she? Yeah. She's covered. Yeah. yeah, she's got like stab wounds all over. And she's like gurgling up blood and staggering yeah. forward, like dragging her one leg. Hmm. I maybe think I, maybe, I think you were asleep. <laughs> maybe I wasn't. Maybe I looked down. Sound like my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I looked down for a minute. <laughs> that that dang pupper. But while while uh, James and Caitlin are panicking over Nelson, they see Maria staggering forward from the back, and she falls into the pool dead. 
James goes to run, uh, to run, and a kid just jumps out and lights his face on fire with an aerosol flamethrower. That's great. I laughed my ass off when it was like, where was she hiding? She was just there. But, and after she burns the motherfucker's face, she dumps rat poison in his mouth and then tapes it shut. You like, got, that's the double tap. Yeah, she's like, fuck you, you ain't coming back. Nope. <laughs> but, uh, Caitlin runs off terrified and hides in the garage. Now, this is where, for a moment, she's about to call 911, but stops herself. We then see her going through her phone, deleting bloody pictures of her and her friends torturing a young girl by pulling her eye out and playing with it. Mm -hmm. That was fucked. Yeah. Like, that was really fucked. Especially, like, the the photos of her, like, trying to look all sexy, covered in blood. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Delete from album. Delete from album. Like, come on. Yeah, oh, I still going to be able to find it. But, uh, so the other kids come in and turn on the lights in the garage, and we see a torture chamber, complete with the little girl, still alive, strapped to a table next to her plucked-out eye. The kids set her free and hand her an axe. Caitlin begs for her life, and the girl simply says, Happy Halloween, you fucking sicko, and kills her with the hatchet. We close with a bunch of photos showing her, her oh, showing Caitlin and her friends torturing a bunch of kids. And then we see the, the scene from Night of the Living Dead with the uh, the close-up on the severed head. Yeah. But that that scene is fucking disturbing. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, okay, the last episode was funny as fuck. This is fucked up. I don't like this. But now, segment four is the Week in the Wicked. This is a strange one, but I still like it. Yeah. We open with a young teen dressed as a cowboy eating candy in an alley. Like, that poor kid looked homeless. Mm-hmm. He was all dirty and nasty. Was it supposed to be like some type of dystopian, or were they just supposed to be like street rats? I think, yeah, I think it was just like street urchins type of thing. Okay, because I mean, it well, is. It does take place in the same town as the rest. Was he supposed? Oh, to, that's true. Is this the kid that's supposed to look like Snake Plissken, or is that another kid? No, no, the kid oh, that was. Um, or is that where all the kids are trick or treating? Trick or treating. Oh, yeah, okay. you see the Snake Plissken kid there. Because I actually had to rewind it. I was like, was that Snake Plissken? And then I saw the trivia. Yeah. But I, I knew it was Snake Plissken, but I wasn't sure if it was that scene or... Was yeah. It, but no, this kid's a cowboy, right? Yeah, he's dressed up like a cowboy. And then uh, a group of bullies get a hold of him. This is Alice, Alice, Isaac, and Bart. And threaten to burn his feet with a cigar because they're a bunch of sick fucks. You know, like, she goes, just like, show me his piggies. And they hold up his foot and she's ready to burn his foot. I had to chuckle mm-hmm. because I am still trying to get Ripley to let me cut her own her nails myself. So we'll be laying, like, laying there or sitting there on the couch, and I'm like, let me see them piggies. Let me see them piggies. <laughs> let me see your little piggies. But Piggies we, is a trigger word for her. <laughs> she's like, no. But while they're about to burn the kid's foot, they're distracted. They see someone standing at the end of the alley watching them, all covered up in this costume. So they let the, the cowboy go, and he takes off, and they go to confront the stranger. Um, Alice asks if she knows him, and he just hands over a picture of a demon telling her it spills the blood of the wicked, where the wicked have harmed the weak. Alice isn't impressed at all, and her and her cronies intimidate him, causing him to run away. <laughs> so they chase after him. Now we get this, uh, this wicked BMX bike chase scene yeah, <laughs> where people right. are doing sweet jumps. <laughs> that reminded me of Turbo Kid. I was just gonna say. <laughs> but he leads them to an alley where we see a burned trailer. The stranger stares at it, and we get a flashback where we see a kid sadly watching his parents burn alive in the trailer, while Alice and her cronies, as kids, happily watch. So these sadistic little fucks were murdering people as children. Yeah. So, 
Because no one would suspect that. Right. No one would suspect these little street urchins. But the bullies catch up with him and realize who he is. They beat him down and prepare to burn him alive. She's like, oh, it's poetic that you're here. Starts covering him with booze and is getting a lighter ready to burn him. Uh, the, the stranger basically explains that he summoned a demon to take care of them, which, of course, they think is a joke. But suddenly, Alice's cronies are yanked off screen. She turns to see a giant demon behind her, and the stranger watches with glee as she screams, and he's sprayed in the face with her blood when mm. the demon kills her. Like, that demon, it looked like something out of, like, Guar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was pretty cool looking. Sam, I would it. you agree? <laughs> I dug it. But um, now I know you guys are, are not going to probably remember this, but do you know who the stranger was? Your mom. The stranger. Like the, the kid who called the demon? If it was my mom, that would be a lot cooler. <laughs> was it Rufio? No, I'm just, I, I know you guys aren't going to recognize him because it's from something you guys hate. Oh. It follows? <laughs> It was Paul from It Follows. Oh. The, the love, Lauren horny kid. Uh, <laughs> moving along. <laughs> fuck Paul. <laughs> yeah, she fucked she, Paul. She did fuck Paul. That's how she gave him the It Follows. <laughs> but uh, segment five is Grim, Grim Grinning Ghost. God, that's hard to say for me. Um, so we open at Lynn Shea's house where she's telling spoopy ghost stories to her daughter, uh, to her daughter Lynn, Mick Garris, Barbara Crampton, and Stuart Gordon. And Lisa Marie. I didn't see her. What? She was the Victorian widow. Oh, that's right. I didn't write her down. You're right. I totally forgot about that. Um, so the story is basically about a ghost, Mary Bailey, who was laughed at in life because of a disfigurement. But now that now that she's dead, she laughs at the living behind their backs. However, if you ever hear her laughing, don't look, because if you do, she'll take your eyes. Mm. And then they scare uh, Lynn by, you know, they... Barbara Crampton comes up behind her and goes, Me! And she turns and Green Barbara Crampton! <laughs> I was in Castle Freak. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> My titties! <laughs> well, that's in From Beyond. Um, but after the party, Lynn heads home. She almost gets into a car accident by hitting the car that Billy was driving from the, mm-hmm. the night Billy raised hell. And um, her car dies. And she's like, come on. Because as she's leaving, her mom's like, are you still driving that piece of junk? Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? Is of it like... Of course. 2015, so okay, what? Is this like a 1998 Toyota Corolla? No. I mean, to be fair, in 2015, I was still driving a 1997 car. <laughs> you, had the, you had the Neon still. No, I had the Mercury. The oh, Grand Marquis. That's right. That is right. Yep. No, the Neon unfortunately died, I want to say, right after Caleb was born. Um, but I inherited the Grand Marquis in 2008. And that was from 1997. And I had that right up until about 2018. When you got the Camry. Mm-hmm. Well, I got the Camry in 2012, but Jess was driving it. Oh, the, yes. That's yep. Right. <laughs> so now, and the Camry is from 2001, so that thing's 22 years old. And it's still running. But, uh, but yeah, she, she slams on the brakes, and of course her car dies. Mm-hmm. So, because, you know, jalopy, and it's a horror movie. Um, People don't use that word enough, jalopy. Yeah. I love that word. But so she opens up the hood to check it. And of course there's steam and smoke coming out. And like a dumbass, she sets her cell phone down on the hood while she's looking and then closes the hood on her cell phone, shattering it. So now she can't for call plot for plot reasons. <laughs> right. <laughs> so as she's walking home, there, there's constant jump scares of like behind her. She hears people laughing and she turns and it's just a couple. 
And then, like, a, uh, you know, she hears something laughing and she turns and it's an animatronic that jumps out at her. And she's like, stupid Mary Bailey bullshit! <laughs> and she gets to an alleyway and she's walking home and you see someone actually falling. Now, that part actually was kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. With the fog and you just see the person slowly coming out of the fog. She hears the laughing and she hears the footsteps behind her and she starts hurrying up to get home. She gets home quickly. She hears the footsteps coming up behind her. Drops her keys on the porch. Of course. And the whole time, you notice how, like, she wants to look, but she's, like, trying not to. Like, she's yeah. closing one eye. Like, don't, don't look. Don't look. You know, then she gets inside and, you know, we don't see anyone behind her. And she goes in the bathroom. She's getting ready for bed. And we do, we do the, the medicine cabinet trick mm-hmm. where, oh, we're looking at the mirror. We open the door. Something's going to be there when she closes it, closes it. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Then, oh, the door creaks open behind her. Oh, it's her dog. <laughs> it's like all these fake outs. Go ahead. Keep going. No, I want to get I want to get to a certain part before I ask my question. Well, let me get to her watching TV. And uh, Okay, I'm ready to ask my question. Go ahead. <laughs> watching TV was what I wanted us to get to. So how early did she fucking leave her mom's? I mean, well, think about it. If she almost got hit by Billy... I mean, kids are still trick-or-treating, so it's got to be early enough in the evening. It's got to be, like, you know, 8 o'clock. So. Who the fuck ends a party at 8 o'clock on Halloween? Lynn old Shea. people? <sighs> to be fair, I mean, Stuart Gordon, Lynn Shea, and Mick Garris are all old. That's yeah. true. <laughs> but, Wait, isn't Stuart Gordon dead now? Yes, he died in yeah, 2020. That's right. So, um, so he couldn't have... Well, in 2015, he could have been. Yes. <laughs> um... But yeah, so she's sitting there watching TV, and her dog looks up and gets spooked and runs away. And she's like, where are you going? And then she sits back and turns, and there's the ghost of Mary Bailey sitting next to her. And as soon as uh, she Lynn looks at her, the ghost smiles, and we cut to black. So we know she took her eyes. Uh, well, actually, she hisses, too. Yes. <laughs> cut to black, she's like, ah! It's like, what the fuck? So, I, I mean, I think that one is... Kind of one of the weaker episodes. I agree. Yeah. But I but, still like it. Yeah. The reason I like it is because of everyone at the party. Yes. And the jump scares. I, yeah, I like the fake outs. Yeah. Because it's playing with traditional tropes. Yes. And I, I think that's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I had, to, like, I had to keep rewinding to look and be like, you know, who's that? Who's that? Because I hadn't looked up the cast yet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I know that. I was like, I knew that was Stuart Gordon. I knew, obviously, Barbara Crampton, but I couldn't figure out who the Phantom was. It was bugging the shit out of me. I'm mm-hmm. like, I know this person. And then, of course, once I looked it up, I was like, oh, it's the fucking dude that directed a bunch of my favorite movies. Right. <laughs> Mick Garris. Okay. But segment <laughs> okay. six. Okay. Okay. <laughs> segment six is Ding Dong. This no. is my least favorite. Yeah, this is the one none of us really liked. Mm-hmm. So we meet Bobby and Jack, a married couple. It's Halloween night, and Bobby is very clearly distraught while listening to kids trick-or-treating. We quickly find out that she wants nothing more than to have a child, and that also she's some kind of fucked-up demon woman that abuses the fuck out of her husband. Yeah. (laughs) Like, where did that come from? What was that? So I I rewound it, because... Mm -hmm. The dog, when when she wants attention, you gotta give her attention. Right. So I thought I missed, like, something in the ten seconds I was, like, trying to get her off of my lap. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't understand this one. It's art fuck as hell. Like, it's so strange. Um, like, she's a weird three-armed demon, but also a person. Like, I don't get it. Like, is she possessed? Is it a demon in a human form? What What is it? Yeah. You know. And why the fuck... Well, he's probably terrified as shit to leave her. 
Well, yeah, that's kind of the impression I got. I mean, so much so that he gives himself, he gets a vasectomy at some point. Yes. You know. But yeah. He, and we see her punch him out. Well, yeah, because he tries to, he dresses up their dog. As, as Gretel. As Gretel, yeah. And she's like, what the hell is this? And he's like, oh, I thought it would be fun. And she fucking decks him. And it's like hissing at Blood. him. She, yeah, that she wants a baby. And she's like, we see the demon form for the first time. Which kind of looks like something out of a Tim Burton movie. Like, no, out of, like, Beetlejuice the cartoon. Yeah. Because of the striped that. arms. and mm-hmm. The long, straggly striped arms. Yeah. But, uh, so, the following year on Halloween, Bobby claims they're gonna have fun this time. And she makes them dress up and give out candy excitedly to the kids. So and he's he... dressed up like Hansel. Mm-hmm. Which is really disturbing if she wants to fuck after. Yep, and she's the old witch. Yes, and I was I was fattening him up, <laughs> and she was eating Gretel because she kept choking down the hair with an ear on it. Yeah. So I was trying, and yes, she's a demon. But let's just suspend belief. Dis, let's just suspend disbelief for a moment. So she puts. We see her countless times through mm-hmm. this, putting the hair down there, and she can still breathe and talk with an ear. I ate her enough so she could hear me chew. And she just keeps regurgitating it. And why isn't that hair all nasty and phlegmy and... Movie? Movie magic? (laughs) Demon. Demon woman. So they they basically give out candy to all these kids. And there's a a few moments. uh, We see all the other kids from the rest of the movie show up to trick or treat. Yes. So we see the kids from Trick. Uh, we see uh, My- uh, Mikey. You know, we see uh, uh, yeah. Rusty Rex. Yeah, the devil, right? Yep. Yeah. So we we see uh, Rusty Rex as well, yeah. and you know, but there's there's the moment where the one the little girl dressed like the princess comes with her mom, mm-hmm. and you see like the you know the demon in her is like getting excited, wanting a kid. Right. Um, and then after the door closes, you know, uh, was it Jack? Was that his name? The husband. Jack's the husband. Yeah. yeah. He was like, so, you know, maybe we should call it a night. And she's like, I'm going to make cookies. And she runs in the kitchen and turns the oven to 666. 666 degrees. On broil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But 666 degrees. I'm like, that'll be important later. Um, Eventually, a lost kid comes to their house and Bobby seems like she wants to abduct him. Because he looks, he's dressed like Hansel. Mm -hmm. And she's like getting closer. He's like, oh, are you lost? And she looks back and hisses at him. So... The hus so Jack dressed up like Hansel mm-hmm. with like the little like rosy cheeks. Rosy cheeks. I don't know why, but I thought of I forget who the actor is, but from Mad TV, it's the guy that Stuart. Mm-hmm. Look what I could do. Oh yeah, I like he kind of looked like. Well, he had the same haircut too. He had the the bob the yes. the blonde like and that was cut. really disturbing to me. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's probably because that's such a big part of pop culture. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was what they were aim, like aiming him to look like. Would but, you like one of my chocolates? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, Jack turns on the porch light. Is this one yours? Yeah. Call, Is this one yours? Calls to the mom, <clears throat> and so she comes over, and of course, Bobby's looking pissed. Like, mm-hmm. how dare you interrupt my abduction? <laughs> Um, so once they get inside, Jack admits to Bobby that he saw a doctor to ensure that he could never get her pregnant because he, he, because he doesn't want her to abuse a child the way she abuses him. And of course she flips the fuck out. And throws him in the oven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cooking him alive. And then the demon melts. 
Yeah, I didn't understand that. It, that's like that part just really sealed. I thought maybe the end of this segment will tie it together for me. Mm-hmm. But no, no. He she burns him, and then because she burns him, he melt. She melts. So is it like because she killed an innocent? I don't know. It's murder suicide. Yeah, I don't know. Like I she no can't live without him. Like I just. I don't think. I, I think you're, you're trying to add. Uh, you know, Logic where there is none. Exactly, because I don't think you're meant to understand it. Okay. I really think it's just art fuckery for the sake of art fuckery. Because, okay. um, yeah, like, how could that make sense? You know, she just, right. she throws, first of all, their oven is like the one on Tales from the Dark Side. It's big enough to fit a human body in. So, but a it, grown-ass human it body. It looks like a TARDIS, though, from the outside. It Well, f- you mean from the inside? Because yes, the outside the looks like a, an oven. An and oven, and the inside, it's bigger on the inside. But there's also baby dolls and other shit hanging on the walls of the oven while he's cooking. Like, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense. Let's move on to the next segment. Exactly. Mm. Um, so segment seven is This Means War. Uh, we open with rival rival neighbors. I didn't even bother to get the, the character names. It's Dana Gould and James Duvall. Mm. So rival neighbors Dana Gould and James Duvall are setting up for Halloween, both clearly wanting to have the best setup for the big day. Dana Gould is more of a traditionalist, while James Duvall is more of a gore and guts kind of guy. With the metal music playing. Mm-hmm. Hey man, like, why are you crushing our head, dude? <laughs> Come over and crush some brewskis. Exactly. Because that's really how he talks. Oh yeah. In this movie. But on Halloween night, we see James Duvall's house is rowdy and loud, while Dana is trying to have a nice family-friendly Halloween with his, like... He's got his, like, uh, little talking skeleton, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's just kind of, like, goofing around. Eventually, Danny gets pissed and confronts James, wanting him to turn down his music, but James refuses. This results in the two trying to sabotage each other's displays while they fight in the lawn, or well, fight in the, each other's lawn while neighbors and passerbys watch. So, it's kind of funny, because, like, Dana, at first, he, he approaches him, and he, he tells him, you know, turn it down and all that. And he's like, no, man, it's Halloween. He's like, it's a sacred holiday. He's like, exactly, that's why we're doing this. And then he turns to the woman that's next to James and he goes, and it's, what do you say, it's after hours, the dairy farm is closed. Because oh, her tits yeah. were popping yeah. out of her yeah. shirt. Come I was on. Like, that's ridiculous. That's yeah, something old people would say. <laughs> the dairy farm is closed. <laughs> but, and James even tells him, he's like, I like what you did over there, it's cute. Like, he's like, and he didn't seem like he was in, trying to be insulting. It no, seemed he like he like, genuinely liked because it. Because that is just how he, that's his affect. Right. Well, not only that, but it's like, I feel like, you know, horror hounds can appreciate the cutesy with the creepy. Yes. You know, so. Like the monsters. Right. But Dana, unfortunately, was all about like, fuck you, fuck modern horror, get off my lawn. <laughs> um, so the two start beating the hell out of one another. You know, throwing each other through through each other's displays. Like, there's the moment where they tumble into the coffin together and it closes. Mm-hmm. And you hear them fighting and then it, like, bursts open and they roll across the lawn. So, this goes on for a while while the crowd gets bigger and bigger, jeering them on. And then eventually, uh, Dana gets pissed off and tackles James and they end up impaling each other on a giant piece of wood that's sticking up from a broken display. So, they die in front of the crowd. Womp, womp. Didn't someone puke? Yeah, one of the yeah. cops. Yeah, because the, the cop cops shows up. He's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> just, I think it was actually um, Adam Green. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> so it was. It's a quick segment, but it's funny. It is. It's it's just two neighbors pissed at each other, beating the crap out of one another. 
But then segment eight is Friday the 31st. This is so great with the good value Jason. It's so fantastic. But we open with a terrified girl running through the woods from a Jason-like slasher. Wearing a sexy Dorothy costume. Dressed up like Dorothy. Which, isn't that another nod to Trick or Treat? Wasn't it Dorothy? Uh, yeah. There was Cinderella and... Um, Dorothy, Little Red Riding Hood. Well, the, the, the youngest was Little Red Riding Hood, but the three older girls. I think it was... it Because, was, remember, um, what's her name? Rogue. Sookie. Um, she was Little she, Red she Riding Hood. Yeah, because that's tradition for the first one to be. Yes. But it was... The one was Cinderella. I think Snow one White. was Dorothy. Maybe Snow White. Yeah. But, oh, we got a cat interruption. Bella. First one. We got halfway through the movie, too. <laughs> but we see her running through the woods, terrified. She makes her way to a little shack in the middle of nowhere and hides inside. Because that's a good idea. Oh, of course. It's like that, that what was it, that uh, insurance commercial where they yes. run and hide behind the chainsaw collection. So this good, I almost say goodwill Jason, this wish Jason looks like if the Toxic Avenger and Jason from part two had a threesome with um, Sloth from the Goonies and it produced a butt baby. That's a horrifying uh, description that you just gave. But it's accurate. I, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> That's that is that is a whole lot of tangoing. I don't want to imagine. <laughs> well, if you've seen this movie, then you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I, I have it. I do, but ew. <laughs> but she looks around the shack and sees all sorts of weapons and corpses. Clearly, this is his shack. I love the the jack o' lantern with the severed head just inside of it. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't carve a face; he just carved out a section of the pumpkin and For stuck the a face. face. I cracked up at that. But the killer bursts in and comes for her. She stabs him with a pitchfork and then knocks him in the head with a with a wrench, knocking his mask off. She escapes from the shack, but good value Jason picks up a spear and hucks it through her, impaling her. So he goes over to investigate and makes sure she's not... I love how he just kicks her. He's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly a fucking UFO appears above him and scares the crap out of him. This is what I like about it so much, is it's like we see Jason as if he would have been scared. Yeah. Yes. And it's fucking hilarious. Because then the little alien comes down and he's like, trick or treat. Yep, it, it beams down a a, clay, a little claymation alien. Mm-hmm. Yes. Trick or treat. Mm-hmm. He's like, trick or treat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because he, he like... Up. He pads his pockets and he goes, ooh, like I got nothing. And then he asks him one more time, and so he just stomps him. him like a but then they do a reverse shot where Dorothy spits, but it shows like she's swallowing. <laughs> oh, no. Well, yeah, the, the goo of uh, the stomped on alien. The alien jizz. Possesses the dead body of yep. Dorothy. Of sexy Dorothy. Turning her into a deadite. Yes. Yep. So, but I love it when... The the alien the alien goo jumps into the body. We hear her twitch, and Jason turns around like, "Huh?" And he goes over, going, "Hmm." And he gets real close, and then she sits up and just starts screaming. He goes, "Boo!" and runs away. And she doesn't. She just her toes are pointed on the ground. Full she just, deadite. Yeah, yeah, full deadite. She's got her hands outstretched. It's very much like um, I can't remember his name, but the guy in part two when he turns into a deadite. And he floats across the room and starts eating the girl's hair. Yes. It's the same scene. He's got his hands up, or her hands up like that, like bent at the wrist, toes dragging, eyes glowing. Like, it's full-on Deadite. I love it. So he runs back to his cabin while the Deadite chases after him. 
<laughs> he's looking around in a panic for what to do. Now, in in the cabin, did you guys notice both Jason's mom's head mm-hmm. and the Necronomicon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that I loved. And so the Deadite girl bursts through the, the window and starts attacking him. And they both grab sharp implements and begin chopping at one another. Mm-hmm. So he chops. Limbs are lost. And this this scene here was like it. a celebrity death match. Yes. <laughs> yes. Quality. The one arm comes up. He chops her arm off. She chops his arm off. He goes to chop her head off. She chops his head off. Yep. Then he falls over on the still running chainsaw and gets cut in half. And then after they're both laying there dead, the little alien baby comes out of her mouth. He grabs Jason's severed head, goes trick-or-treat, and then gets beamed up yep. along mm-hmm. with Jason's severed head. Yep. So that's how Jason got to space. There we go. That's the ah. real reason. Not, ah. not years later. This yep. was in real time. Gotcha. <laughs> I really do enjoy this segment. It's. I just love the fact that we take... We already know that Friday the 13th and Evil Dead are intertwined because of Jason Goes to Hell. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they, if they're going to do a Jason parody, the fact that they included Evil Dead just makes me very happy. Yeah. I'm like, that's really fun. Um, but again, I love silly Jason. Like, I know we don't really see it in any of the films, but I love, like, all of the, like, I mean, I draw this all the time of just silly Jason. Mm-hmm. But, like, because just something about Jason being a goofball cracks me up. Come on. Jason sings a song in my world. That's true. <laughs> I want to be, be where the people are. <laughs> I want to see, want to see him dancing. <laughs> Can't you see him like doing oh, yeah. that like in the barn? Well, I mean, think about it. Me and Josh did two slasher camp episodes where that's basically the Jason. That's, that's in those. true. That's true. <laughs> but we go on to segment nine, the ransom of Rusty Rex. This one is so funny because... It's it. just, you have a horrible child, and you want to get rid of, like, mm-hmm. this is that stereotype, yep. but the dad, this is this is gold to me. Oh, it's so fucking funny. Top and, three. Oh, um, yeah. Um, it's one of my top three. So, the first one. Uh, the Night Billy Raised Hell? Yeah, Night Billy Raised Hell, Friday the 31st, and this one are my top three in this movie. Yeah, no, this one's definitely high up there for me. And a lot of it is because of Sam Witwer. Like, I, I really like that guy. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of great voice acting, but his comedic timing is really good in this. And Like when he comes out of the gas station <laughs> at the end. I don't want to give it away, though, folks. We'll get there. there. There's two moments with his comedic timing that make me piss myself in this. Like, it's, it's really funny. But so we open, we see two guys, uh, Hank and Dutch, Sitting in a van outside of some rich guy's house, John Landis, uh, this is, is uh, Jebediah Rex. So their plan is to kidnap his son, Rusty, while he's out trick-or-treating, and then hold him for ransom. So the kid goes out, the goons sneak up on him and abduct him after he goes trick-or-treating at the Ding Dong house. Yep. <laughs> um, so they, they abduct him, they take him to a warehouse, they tie him up, and they basically are telling him, like, look, kid, you're going to be fine. We're just, we're, we're going to talk to your dad. And if he wants to talk to you, you just got to tell him that you're okay for now. <laughs> like, So he calls uh, Jebediah Rex, and he's like, hey, we have your son. And he's like, don't call this number again. <laughs> he hangs up. And he goes like, what, what the fuck? Like, he looks so confused. And he's like, call him back. So he calls back. He's like, uh, yeah, uh, did you hang up on me? He's like, don't call this number. And he's like, we have your kid. We were negotiating taking back your kid. He's like, I don't want him back. Don't call this number again. Goodbye. And he, and he hangs, hangs up. up. Which cracked me the fuck up because he's like, I don't want him back. <laughs> like, I don't want to do it. 
But right here, when he was like, ah, uh, we were negotiating, like, the way he says that, yeah. Yeah. I lost my shit laughing. So, eventually... This one, I think, is the funniest. Oh, yeah, by far. Yeah. And, like, when, uh, like, they turn around and Rusty's gone. He got out of his shackles. So, mm-hmm. like, find him. So, they start walking around the warehouse and the kid fucking jumps out of nowhere and starts gnawing on the other dude's neck. <laughs> so... They throw him to the ground, and the kid jumps up, and we see he's a monster. And this is the timing, the comedic timing, the first one that really gets me. Is he, uh, uh, what is it, Hank, Sam Witwer, he shoots his, he shoots the kid. The kid goes flying, then he pops off three more rounds, and then he's holding the gun, he looks away, and then he looks back, and he pops off one more round. <laughs> like, the, the, the pause before the shot. Every time I laugh my ass off. So... They tie up the, uh... Oh, wait, hang on. I'm sorry. That was bad on me. What happened? I, I picked oh. the cat up, and I didn't realize. <laughs> we had a Rufus interruption and, and, a, and a microphone change-up. Um, so, yeah, they, they tie up Rusty, and they throw him in, like... He's, like, in a sheet with shackles all around him, mm-hmm. and he's wailing. Like, he's crying. So, they're, like, you know, they're ready to throw him in a fucking swamp. And Dutch is, like... I don't know, man. Like, I don't think monsters cry like that. And he's like, well, he's a fucking monster, dude. He's like, I don't know. We got to check on him. And he opens it up and it hisses at him. <laughs> he's like, all right, one, two, three. Whee! And they hug him in the swamp. And they head back to the warehouse. They're like, well, fuck that. And they see watery footprints. They're like, uh-oh. So they look around and sure enough, there's Rusty waiting for him. Mm-hmm. So... They call back Jebediah. They're like, just take him back, please. <laughs> he's he goes, like, we've been we've been held captive all of these years. <laughs> he's like, that thing just showed up trick-or-treating five years ago and wouldn't go away. He's like, it's your turn now. We're done with it. <laughs> and you better feed him. Yeah, because if you don't feed him, he will eat. <laughs> so they, they tie him up again. They shackle him up. Put him, put him in, in the, the van. And they drop him off on Jebediah's doorstep and light him on fire. <laughs> They're like, fuck that kid. So then they like stop for burgers, as one will do. <laughs> right, after some <laughs> child murdering, you want burgers. And Hank comes out and he's like... This, this is I the other timing that gets me. He turns around he's like, burger? And there is Rusty. Eating a candy bar just staring at him. And then you look down and he has... Um, Dutch's head. Dutch's head, and then he takes a big bite out of his ear. <laughs> but before he does that, like, I love it because he goes to hand the burger, like you said, and we see uh, Rusty sitting there just chewing on a candy bar, like, not even harmed like, from the fire. Like, what, bitch? And so, friggin' Hank just slowly raises his burger and takes a bite while never breaking eye contact. Mm-hmm. I lost, oh my god, I fucking lost it the first time I saw that. And then when he does that, he takes the bite. Rusty slowly picks up Dutch's head and just takes a bite of his ear while never breaking eye contact. (laughs) Curtain and scene. Hank screams and Rusty laughs. (laughs) It's like, well, you're fucked. And then our last segment of the the entire movie is segment 10, Bad Seed. This one was a... It was was more sci-fi. It was, but it's... I still enjoyed it. It's it's a send up of uh, Friday the Thirteenth or not Friday the Halloween Three. Yes, yes. So which which I, I really enjoyed, um, but yeah, we we open up with a whole lot of pumpkin carving. 
<laughs> where you see a guy just carving shitloads of pumpkins. Now, I ha- I gotta take umbrage with this. I, I this isn't a lot of Halloween movies. You guys carve pumpkins. I carve pumpkins. You know, it's a Halloween tradition. There ain't no way in hell in a couple of hours you're knocking out like thirteen carved pumpkins. No. Every Correct. time I see that, it irks the shit out of me. And I, I'm sensory. Mm-hmm. I like the feeling of the pumpkin, pumpkin goods. But watching it with so many different pumpkins feels a little. I'm going to make up a new word: violatory. <laughs> Violates your auditory responses. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, I, uh, every time I, like, in Trick or Treat, when we see the one girl's house and she has, like, literally 50 pumpkins in her yard, Mm. it's like, no, no, you did not carve all the, (laughs) that's a lot of fucking work. (laughs) Shit, I mean, I carve, like, two pumpkins a year, and that takes some time just to carve those. Yeah, you gotta cut off the top, scoop out the guts. Yep, then you gotta figure out the design, carve out the design. You know, it's it's, it's roast it's, pumpkin seeds. Oh, you got to roast the pumpkin seeds, and of course, Bella wants to eat the guts. So, mm-hmm. and it's good for him. So, let her have some. But uh, anyway, back to the pumpkin carving. Um, so, you see the guy finishing up carving a bunch of pumpkins. His wife reminds him that they have to get ready for a party, and she goes off to get ready. When she comes back down, she finds her husband being eaten by a killer jack o' lantern. She's dressed like a sexy cat. Mm-hmm. Which, you know what? Okay. I know, I know it's been a couple years, but Night of the Demons remake. The girl that was dressed like the sexy cat. I, I gotta double check and see if it's the same actress. Because that's the one that was in Cabin Fever, right? The one that's dressed like the sexy cat? Yes. Yeah. I'm wondering if she was in... I gotta, I'll have to double check. But I think she was in it. It's the same outfit from Night of the Demons. It probably was. Yeah, so I was like, huh, that's, that's funny. Um, but yeah, it's... <laughs> but that's also um, Billy's mom. Isn't that supposed to be Billy's mom? Oh, I don't think so. Isn't your mom? Is your mom dressing up like a cat again? Yeah, but I don't think those two had kids. Like, no, because Billy's mom was divorced. No, these are different characters. Yeah, I think these are different. I think this is a different house. Okay. But Felissa Rose is also dressed up like a cat. Like, there's there's, oh, mul- that's true. there's multiple sexy yeah. cats on Halloween. Um, What's Halloween without some sexy pussy? Exactly. <laughs> um, but so. This pumpkin is chewing his head off. And then, like, he's, he's pulling out, trying to get it off of him. And it just takes his head and he falls over dead. And then it's, it sprouts little vine legs and runs off. It's like... Hmm. It runs out the doggy door. <laughs> Which, that pumpkin is pretty big to, like, fit through that doggy door. Does yeah. it, like, shrink down? I mean, it's a pumpkin running on vines, so I'm going to assume it's magic no matter what. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think about Cinderella. We see pumpkins change size all the time. Um, <laughs> but uh, so after after it runs off, the wife screams in horror, and we cut to the cops arriving at the house to investigate. I love the, the sketch artist rendition because we see Officer McNally, or Detective McNally, asking the sketch artist if they got a, you know, got a description of the perp. And he's, he holds up, it's like this kid's drawing of a yeah. jack-o'-lantern. And she's like, oh, very funny. The wife tries to explain that this isn't normal, that what she saw is some kind of nightmare, and the cops are in no way prepared for it. So we cut to a kid and his mom trick-or-treating. Mom gets a text and stops to check her phone. She tells her crotch goblin not to wander off, but of course he does, because he's a dumb kid in a horror movie. And she's checking her phone. Exactly. So he goes up to a house and he sees a pumpkin all lit up with gold coins inside. 
And he reaches in to grab some coins and the pumpkin chomps him. The mom comes running just in time to see her crotch goblin getting eaten by a jack-o'-lantern. Which, that pumpkin chomps on him like Pennywise on Georgie. But yeah, it really does. I just, I love when she turns the corner and we just see the kid's bloody legs uh-huh. kicking out of his mouth like, me, 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 me. <laughs> it cracked me up. And so back at the police station, we see John Trent from In the Mouth of Madness being walked in, mm-hmm. which I, I had to rewind it because I was like, wait a second. Was that? Yep, that's John Trent. Okay, nice. Um, we also see the missing kid flyer from the little girl who was abducted in uh, Trick. So we yes. see on the, the, you know, the missing people's bulletin board. Um, so Detective McNally talked to the captain about all the insanity that's been happening throughout the movie. He tells her to go out there and fix the shenanigans happening around Or I'll town. send you back to Vice quicker than you can blink your tits. Or what something like that. <laughs> That's a new phrase I've never heard. It's a new a new Susism was born. <laughs> blink this your Halloween tits. Season. <laughs> you just blink your tits already. So he tells her to get out there and fix it. McNally talks to Forensic Bob, who's going to play a big role here. Uh, he tells her that he analyzed the bite marks on the victim's neck and did a cast of the mouth. Look familiar? He holds up a jack-o'-lantern's mouth. And, and then she, the drawing. And she's like, thanks, Bob. And, well, hold on, we got a cat interruption. So, yeah, so she, she looks at the uh, at the forensic replica of the teeth and uh, goes off to investigate. So now she knows she's, she's trying to find a murderous pumpkin. She gets a call for a disturbance nearby and goes to check it out. What she finds is a neighborhood on fire with screaming people fleeing the area and a killer pumpkin running amok. <laughs> The pumpkin jumps on the hood of her car and looks at her before scurrying away and we hear the Wilhelm scream in the background. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She gets out of her car and chases after the pumpkin and finds a backyard display filled with jack-o'-lanterns. She gets spooked and shoots several shots at regular old pumpkins. Then the killer pumpkin finally reveals itself when she's all out of ammo. Pumpkin comes after her, but in comes Forensic Bob to the rescue. That's such a great name for a character. Forensic Forensic Bob. Bob. Yeah. And he just hucks a shotgun to her. She cocks it and shoots the pumpkin, exploding it. And then she's like, good timing. He's like, I guess you owe me that drink now. <laughs> it's just it's the, the worst dialogue, but I love it. So she looks down at the pumpkin and picks up a piece of it where there's a sticker that says Super Pumpkin uh, from the Clover Corp. So, yep. yep, Silver Shamrock. So off they go to the Clover Corp. Where, where they, we meet Joe Dante. Yeah, where they have, have a warrant to search the premises. And they tell they tell Joe Dante that uh, you know they need he needs to show them where where they grow the super pumpkins. He brings them to a room with hundreds of the pumpkins. McNally and Forensic Bob look terrified as the scientist says, What's the big deal? It's just a bunch of pumpkins. And we see Dun dun dun. Yeah, just hundreds of them. It's like the troops from Star Wars. Right. <laughs> And then we pan out and we go back to that kind of pop-up book montage opening where we see fire pop up on the back of the building. And Adrian Barbobot narrates to us, telling us that the witching hour is over. And until next time, happy Halloween. So much fun. Credits, the end. So much fun. I fucking love this movie. I, I think it is a fantastic Halloween movie. And this is the type of thing you want on Halloween. Something that is both 
silly and fun but creepy like and gross yeah it's it's got everything you want and this is one of those movies also i feel like i can watch with caleb yeah because like even though yeah it is a little violent it's silly violence mm-hmm. you know it's not there's nothing mean-spirited other than trick trick is the only one where it's like Ugh. it's a yeah. little bit mean-spirited but the rest of it is is silly fun um not a whole hell of a lot of trivia but a couple of things this this was ben wolf's final film Yes. Uh, before he passed yes. away. It's dedicated to him. Um, Adrian Barbeau's role is a direct homage to the character she played in The Fog, where she's the yes. radio DJ. Um, we already mentioned uh, Snake Plissken and the Carpenter Candy Bar. Uh, and then Maurice mentioned how in Sweet Tooth, I, I have it written down here, the parents played by Greg Grunberg and Claire Kramer, uh, their names are not spoken on screen, but in the credits they're shown as Alex Mathis and Lieutenant Brant Mathis. In the movie Big Ass Spider, the same actors played the characters Alex Mathis and Lieutenant Carly Brant, uh, who became a couple at the end of the movie. Grunberg is also wearing the same exterminator coveralls that he wore in Big Ass Spider. Um, and obviously we all noticed Night of the Living Dead running throughout the entire film. And uh, let's see, I mentioned John Trent. I'm trying to think of her. Oh, this I found interesting. The bulk of the segments were shot in only two days. Like, well, when you consider how short they are. Right. But that's still, like, a lot. That's impressive. Yeah, especially with all the the practical effects work and mm-hmm. stuff that they did. Because, yeah, there is some CG, but there's also a lot of practical effects. The Now, the, the fire that we see, that's totally CG. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff in the weird frickin' ding-dong episode yeah. where uh, Hansel is burned, and that's all fake, like, CG and badly done CG. Um but yeah, overall, like it's melting, it's a lot of practical. Melting. But I was surprised both James Wan and Adam Green turned down opportunities to direct segments in the film. Even though Adam Green appeared as an actor, he he turned down directing to give it to other people. And James Wan, I felt I feel like this would be something right up his alley, but yeah. he he turned it down. So, but like I said, not a whole hell of a lot of trivia. So overall. What do you guys think of this? Would you recommend it to our listeners? Absolutely. I am I am actually sad that it's been so long that I've seen it that mm. I didn't think that I've ever seen it before. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, you figure it came out a while ago, 2015. I mean, yeah. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but shit, we're almost, it was almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I really, I said earlier, but this, uh, this is going to go into my holiday rotation because it's yeah. such a fun movie yeah and thank you guys for voting for this so i revisit it i agree because I, I this is the second time i've put this on the list and uh i was afraid it wasn't going to make the cut again i was going to have to do it like a birthday pick or something because i wanted to get this on here so bad but um so yeah overall i think we all agree this was a, a really fun movie and a fine uh, addition for our 200th episode even though it's 240 um, <laughs> Is that like having the asterisk next to Tom Brady's name in the Football Hall of Fame? I don't know. Maurice? <laughs> I know nothing about the football. Tom Brady is a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. He's the greatest quarterback ever. And I'm not just saying that because you're a Bills fan. It's my honest opinion. You're a Bills fan, too. No, I'm not. What? I'm not a Bills fan. Let's keep going, guys. Yeah, I was going to say, I, it's a foosball. We'll fight, we'll fight out in the street. Um... Maurice got me all discombobulated because I was going to say some... Oh, this is the first episode in quite a while where I haven't put my hands on my hips. <laughs> this is true. Nothing pissed you off enough to do it. Well, I started to because of Maurice just now, <laughs> but that's aside from discussing the movie. There was a moment we were discussing Ding Dong where I thought 
it was gonna the happen. one was coming up because no. you, you were questioning what the fuck she was. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't dislike it that much. I wasn't that well, passionate this, about my feelings. This is something we discussed in Scare Package, where in most anthology films, there's at the very least there's one or two segments that are kind of trash. Yeah. And like in Scare Package, there was the two episodes that were like meh. They felt like honestly half cooked. They did not feel like complete ideas. Um, and we, we talked about that a little bit last week in Creep Show too. How the Hitchhiker is kind of a one note right. story. It's like it's it's. I mean, all three stories are fun, but it's very one note and kind of easy to forget about. Yeah. Um, but like this one, the fact that out of ten episodes or ten segments, only one was shitty, and the rest were just a lot of fun. That's you know, it, it's got a lot going for it. Mm-hmm. But I guess we will start to wrap this one up. So why don't you tell us about our socials, Mike? I will. Uh, so yeah, if you guys are not following us on social media, we are the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. We no longer have a Twitter because fuck X. Hmm. X no longer going to give it to us. Uh, <laughs> we do, however, have a Patreon. So if you guys are interested, check out patreon.com for the Boogeyman's Closet. Uh, $3 a month will get you uh, unedited episodes. Everything, the higher tiers will get you stuff in the mail and birthday picks, stuff like that. We're also part of the Rad Pantheon Network, so check out radpantheon.com and Rad Pantheon on all the socials for other podcasts like this and just artists and musicians doing rad stuff. Um, our next episode is going to be our Halloween special, which will be Lady in White. So if you guys uh, have not seen that and want to check it out before we cover it, check out Lady in White. Uh, that'll be coming out on Halloween, and then we will be taking a one-month hiatus we will be coming back in December with Christmas Horror Round 4. I will be going to my to my coffin to hibernate for the month <laughs> until it's time to watch The Blood Rage. <laughs> yes. Now, when Thanksgiving comes out this year, right? Yes, At Thanksgiving. Well, and that's the thing. We will have... I want to say at the very least we will have one Patreon pick popping up in November. Um... I know we have another one in December as well. But so during November, there, we won't be completely gone. There will be one Patreon pick, but there'll be no like regular episodes. Um, and then December, like I said, we'll be back for Christmas horror. And man, we are hitting the dregs. So be prepared for some weird shit this Christmas. <laughs> are we really hitting the dregs, though? I mean, we're on Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. But I mean, there are some good ones. Violent Night came out last year, so we got Violent Night to throw Violent in the mix. Night, and then there's wait, is that the one with the robot Santa? No, that's no. Uh, what is it? Bloody Christmas or Bloody something Christmas? Bloody something. Bloody that that was a decent one. It yeah. was a decent one. So there there there's a couple good ones, but most of the ones to vote on are a little rough around the edges. But they'll make for good good podcasting. Yep. So, but all right, guys, thank you for listening to us for damn near 300 episodes, but officially our 200th episode. We really appreciate it. We love you guys. And, uh, yeah. You guys are the real MVPs. <laughs> Indeed. And, yeah, I guess we're going we're gonna to wrap this up here. So, as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. My mouth hole doesn't burn anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that, that had the same cadence as my cat's breath smells like cat food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's for you, Brian and Corey. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, 
follow us on Instagram at the Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Beep, 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 beep.